0: He's blank on Branham. Uh, why do you think the run game is having such issues for the Houston Texans? They ran for less than three yards per carry yesterday. As a team, 23 carries, 64 yards. Damian Pierce, 20 carries, 66 yards. He averaged 3.3, 3, which is actually above his season
1: average. And I think because he had a couple of those those chunk runs where, you know, he got through the first line of defense, and then he made a couple of key cuts, and then he kept pounding guys after the first contact. Uh, And he got, I think there were two runs where there were 10 to 15 yard gainers and first downs. But then after that, he, you know, get tackled behind the line of scrimmage for a loss. And and I think that one of the things that you're seeing is because of the musical chairs and all the different offensive linemen. And they're so hyper-focused on pass protecting and keeping Stroud clean that I I just, the continuity is not there on the offensive line. And I think it'll come when you get the guys in their right spots and you get healthy. But at the same time, I mean, Pierce isn't like a scat back either. I mean, a lot of times, too, it seems like he gets little happy feet looking for the hole, and then he gets tied up, or you know, he doesn't like the initial look at the hole, tries to stretch the play out to the edge, and then the edge coverage was really good, and then he actually ends up taking a three-yard loss. I was
0: shocked that Devin Singletary did not get a carry in this game.
1: That's crazy. Not I didn't realize until you said that you tweeted that
0: single carry in this game. And I wonder. I went back and looked at the play count. He still played like thirty percent of the snaps because they probably trust him in pass protection a little bit. I guess he had that drop early in the first quarter. I wonder if he got the doghouse a bit because I mean it's kind of weird that Devin Singletary. Look, and I know that Damian Pierce is their lead back. But Devin Singletary's averaging more yards per carry than Damian Pierce. And we were talking about the, the running back split, the touch count, et cetera, et cetera. Week. And like, I wanted it to be at about 60-40. The fact that Damian Pierce had every single carry for a running back in that game blows my mind. C.J. Stroud had one scramble. Tank Dell had two carries for negative four yards. Devin Singletary did not have one single carry. And look, if you're going to give the running back the ball 25 times... Like I want to see if Devin Singletary having a better yard per carry than Damian Pierce is real. Like I want to see I want to see Singletary have a game where he touches the ball 10 times. Well, we also talked
1: about it too. It's that change of pace. You know that you're going to get that that battering ram slammed into, you know, slamming into the first opportunity in Pierce, but you get that shiftiness with Singletary and he's been effective when you get the change of pace. When he gets his series every third or fourth series, he's made a difference. He's gotten some yards. He's allowed the, them to have the balance that they're really after and seeking, when they start talking about really being a run first football team, it's because they've got to change a pace back as well. And suddenly, yesterday he didn't he didn't get a carry. Damian Pierce is pretty low on
0: my total pole in terms of like why the offense is having struggles running the football. I don't think Damian Pierce is anywhere near the like the most important reason why the offensive line is struggling. But I want to see if this Devin Singletary averaging more yards per carry is legit. Like, is he better in the zone blocking scheme? Is he better in this offense because he's one cut and go? Uh, does Damian Pierce struggle with vision and, and finding those holes? Like, I want to see more of Devin Singletary so I can answer those questions. Mm-hmm. That said, the offensive line is the biggest reason for the, the blocking being – or the running game being awful. Uh, Josh from Seabrook, what I learned was that we cannot run block for Pierce, and there's a reason why we pay Titus Howard to tackle and not a guard. The the Texans injuries they don't have a good left guard right now. Like they don't. Kenyon Green was the first one they got hurt. The Scott Quesenberry injury was a factor in your interior offensive line. Juice Scruggs has not played in an NFL game. For Jared Patterson has started every game at center and is the sixth round rookie. Kendrick Green got legitimate starts when he was about to be cut for Pittsburgh and you traded nothing to get him. Like you just don't have very good options at left guard right now. So the Texans are forced, I believe, to play Titus Howard at left guard because fans is an upgrade over a Michael Dieter in the offensive line. So they're kind of screwed there. Hopefully when they get Juice Scruggs back, like it opens up some things, whether it's Scruggs at center, you bounce Pitt, Patterson to left guard, maybe it's Patterson at center, Juice Scruggs at left guard, whatever, interior offensive line, and then move Titus Howard back out to right tackle. But their offensive lines in shambles right now, they're playing with with fourth-string guys on their offensive line. Well, and I
1: ask you, what's more important, getting some guys – some more yards per carry running the football or keeping CJ Stroud clean and healthy because you sit there and look at everything in the box score. And the one thing that stands out for you for the second straight week, they kept him from get taking a sack after he had 11 in the first two weeks and they led the NFL. So with all the makeshift offensive lines, yeah, they're not running the football ideally the way they'd like to run the football, but you know what they are doing? They're keeping their young franchise quarterback from taking a bunch of extra hits and getting crushed behind the line of scrimmage, which is big and and a lot of compliments and a lot of kudos should be handed out to the offensive line coach, Bobby Slowick, in the offense for being able to do that part of their job. It's not ideal to have Howard at left guard, but you know what it's doing? It's keeping your quarterback clean. Yeah,
0: like I I think it's kind of one of the same. I agree with you. Like, those five keeps your quarterback clean. But I also feel like it's your best attack with the running game. And I understand the running game's not very good, but is the running game better if Titus Howard plays right tackle and Michael Dieter plays left guard? I don't think so.
1: I think you got your five best offensive linemen on the line the way you're set up currently. And and, and basically, that's saying something because you really don't have, as you pointed out, with all the guys that haven't panned out or that they've tried that were not worth a whole hill of beans until they got hurt or didn't pan out. You have to do what you have to do to keep him clean at this point. You're right. They should still be able to, you know, do a, a good job if they're the, your five best offensive linemen of getting some kind of a, a hole. But I think part of that's on the backs, too. And as in the case of Pierce, like I said, I don't think he's attacking every hole first. No. I think a lot of times yesterday he tried to bounce it out, and that's where they took losses.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to watch the. Um... The all 22 in this because I, I, it's hard to tell on the game film, like who's making the mistakes in run game. There was a couple of times though where the offensive linemen weren't blocking anybody. Like there was free, free dudes. I might call them free rushers because it was a running play, but you had running back, you had uh, defensive players running free into the back zone, untouched, mm-hmm. untouched. Mm-hmm. Like that's unacceptable. I don't know who blew the coverage. That's why I'm excited to watch the all 22. But on two, maybe three occasions, I watched specifically. And maybe it was just good scheming, good like um, good rush blitzes and things like that. Where the Falcons literally had a guy get into the backfield, hit the ball carrier that was untouched by the offensive lineman.
1: That's and, unacceptable. And the other thing was when they did try to go wide, it wasn't just one guy you know sliding through and darting through to make a tackle. It was three and four guys that was were on the edge, coming off the edge and taking Pierce back two, three yards behind the line of scrimmage. They were they were getting to the edge quickly, and there were bad decisions made by Pierce in trying to bounce it out. But you know what? I think the other thing is, and you had mentioned this before we went to the weekend, their defense is better than people think. They they, they spent some money to get some veterans to kind of compliment some of the guys they have on defense. Their defensive line is very, very good. Jared's still a very, very good defensive lineman. But, you know, you, you bring in Campbell, you bring in some of the guys that you brought in, a Bud Dupree, and and those guys know how to play in the front seven, and they can they can cause some havoc on the run game too.
0: Yeah, the Campbell guy. I love the Campbell guy.
1: Clay's like, Campbell's yeah, played in the I league like sixteen Clay. years.
0: I, watching him play yesterday, it made me think that he. I, I don't think it's going to be him because, like you said, he's he's a little long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. He's the type of player that I want opposite of Will Anderson long term. Just a brute of a man. Just a brute of a, a beast. Dude. He's massive. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's the kind of guy, no, no no offense to Jerry Hughes, but if that's the kind of guy you're going to bring as a veteran. A guy that's still got a ticker. A guy that still goes at every play and can be effective and cagey and do things. Those are big. Now, look, I, I thought John Grenard was very active I, yesterday. He was very good. Yeah. And, and I really liked everything he brought to the table. And I think if he keeps playing like that, he and Will Anderson are great complementary players for each other. But you kind of need one of those brutes, too. One of those big bodies that has that motor that can wreak havoc and take on two offensive linemen, push them back. Or or do things like get into the backfield. Now their
0: defense is a little different. Like they're running three four, so just kind of needs to take on two guys. But man, I think but you he, know what I'm saying. You know, a guy that could be really disruptive. No, yeah, I was just nitpicking it. But like I, I love that size opposite of Anderson. And I love John Grenard too. I thought John Grenard played a really good game. If I'm Nick Casario, I'm trying to lock up John Grenard before he enters free agency because I think he's making tons and tons of money. And if he gets to free agency, I think he's going to get offers that you simply cannot afford. He's been really really good. One one eight five. Pierce should be your number two back. But the offensive line. Is your problem, and Singletary is not a good back. Pierce is the best you got, I think. Uh, I'm not gonna like, I don't want to sit here and like fight about how good Devin Singletary is, but Devin Singletary's had some decent years with Buffalo, and it, you can't ignore the fact that Devin Singletary's averaging more yards per touch than than Damian Pierce is. So I'm, I don't think that Damian, like, that is this like all pro. I don't think Singletary's this, you know, top 25 running back in the NFL. I think there is a decent chance that Devin Singletary is better for this offense than Damian Pierce is. I might be wrong. Like Maybe Damian Pierce is the better guy. But we're not going to find out if Damian Pierce is touching the ball, getting 20 carries a game, and Devin Singletary can't touch it
1: once, even think, though Singletary's got better numbers. I've seen this happen a lot you know, watching football over the years too, Jeremy. But it, it, everything situationally and team and opponent matter. And, and some games you're going to have – A defense and and or just a guy that, you know, is hitting the hole the right way where one guy is being more effective than the other guy. But you have two legit options. If one guy doesn't touch the football, you really don't know if you can have a change of pace or have another guy. Look, I saw it in the last couple of years in Green Bay when you had Dylan, A.J. Dylan, as well as Aaron Jones. Some games, it was just Jones's day. He was hot. He knew what to do with the football. And you rode that. Other games, they gave it to Dylan early and he got some chunk yards and he was carrying guys and you rode the the hot hand. You can't ride the hot hands and choose between two guys if one guy's not getting the football. And if he's effective when he has been getting the football, then you wonder why you didn't at least try and go there if you were so hell-bent. On running the football as much as they did
0: pierce is averaging less than three yards a carry this year singletary's three and a half like i don't think singletary's a top 25 running back in the world uh, but maybe give him 10 touches and damian pierce 15 just to see just to get intel just to find out if maybe devin singletary is a better option for you i don't disagree that singletary is not an all-world running back and i don't disagree that damian pierce might not be a top 25 running back in the nfl too uh 6091 red zone offense sucks Yeah, They got into the red zone three times yesterday. They scored one touchdown. That's not good enough. Their third down offense that we touched on I thought was atrocious. Four for 13. Now, a big part of their third down offense stinking is because we mentioned earlier ago, eight of the 13 times you're in a third and long situation. and That's not winning football. You're not going to win football games being in third and longs the entire game.
1: No, you're not. And when you look at it, there were some opportunities. There were some plays. But for the most part, the defense knows what's coming. They're going to drop back a little bit. They're not expecting you to run. And if you do run, they're pretty much expecting they're going to stop you well before you get close to a first down. And and that's why we talk about how important that early chunk play is. That getting that four to five yards on first down and keeping it kind of fresh and mixing up what you run on first down can keep defenses more on their heels instead of on their toes on attack, knowing what you're going to do.
0: Yeah, I thought the defense was. uh, Did you think they're gassed
1: at the end there? I think they ran out of juice, but I, yeah. I think because all game long, they were all over the field. They were scrambling and running on every single play, and there was a lot of positive activity. But when you do that as much as they did, no matter how young they are, I think at a certain point, you do get gas. The
0: they, Falcons ran 74 offensive plays yesterday. That is a, a lot.
1: lot. You know, And, I, and I, the other thing I mentioned to Joe before we came on the air, too, Jimmy Ward made some really good plays yesterday, and he proves he can still play. And then Jimmy Ward seemed to make some business decisions yesterday where he just, unlike some of the young guys that were scrambling and, and missing guys early, they were still running to, to get back in plays. Jimmy Ward kind of just olayed on a couple of tackles and basically just was like, eh.
0: Huh. I'll, have to, uh, I'll look at that in the All-22. I did, it, again, game film, it's, it's tough to notice on the TV broadcast. The, the play on the goal line was, uh, was close, too, by the way. The Desmond Ritter touchdown where he ran into the end zone. Now, yep. every play is reviewable. Every scoring play is reviewable in the NFL. I'm not 100% sure that, that seed, the the, uh, the ball wasn't the loose before yeah, he crossed I, the goal I, line.
1: I completely agree with that. I, re, I rewound it this morning watching the game again, and I was like, for everybody that was so adamant and hell-bent, oh, no, that's a touchdown. I'm like, mm, that ball seemed to be moving to me right as it got to the goal line. So I wasn't so sure.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a, it's disappointing we never got a goal line camera on that. And maybe they didn't have a goal line camera because it was one of their worst crews, like one of their worst production crews, uh, which stinks because – I'm not 100% sure that ball didn't come out.
1: Boy, and they, they, I mean, it, it's hard, too, when you, you win the turnover battle, but you just can't do anything with them. They went,
0: they went three and out on both turnovers. Yeah, now, one of them was saying. a field goal because they were in deep into Atlanta
1: territory. That's the thing. Like, turnovers are great. Go but for you, the jugular there.
0: Well, they tried to run a flea flicker, and it busted but on I'm them. But I'm not
1: saying like that, but just attack right away and keep the defense moving and keep them because they had to scramble to get out on the field and take advantage. And I was just like, mm. I mean, that's a jugular play. Like yeah, going, I, it could be right, but I'm just saying go with what works because they weren't really getting uh, a lot. The gadgets and the long, they weren't going downfield. But what was really working was the kind of intermediate range stuff and, and and the quick the quick hits. And it seemed like they kind of just got complacent when they got the football back.
0: Yeah, you get you turn them over twice and you go four plays, six yards, field goal, and then you go four plays, four yards, punt. Three. That's not good. Seven and one that three. That play though, man, for Which him to one? hang on to the football that was slipping out behind his back, dude. Like, his hands are unbelievable. Crazy
1: with one that, hand how he controlled that football.
0: That play, but also just, like, out in the flat. I don't, it might have been the last series. The, the I do The one-handed catch? The one-handed with yeah. the left hand. Yep. I think he's right-handed, too. So, like, that's the weak hand. That's the offhand. Like, that guy's a stud. He's ridiculous. The
2: overhead shot that the Atlanta that's Falcons cool. put out this morning is, like, one of the coolest videos yeah. I've ever seen. Of Henry,
0: the, the catch? Yeah, yeah. Of the yeah. touchdown catch. Henry was Tolo Tolo's jock still at the two-yard line. I don't
2: know, but... But of all the one-handed catches, Aiden Hutchinson was pretty impressive this weekend too. He's a the stud.
0: interception was awesome. Thank goodness he's not a another Jaguar. guy whose
1: ticker's always going on high. Yep.
0: 780 ESPN. Your thoughts of this Texans lost to the Falcons. Got to get to the bye three and three. Still all right. Got to get to the bye three and three. Also, I noticed a contradiction. With D'Amico Ryan's from early in the season. 713 780 3776. It's the killer bees on ESPN 975 and ESPN 925. You don't think I had some general bin over the weekend? You are foolish. Of course, I had general bin over the weekend. I had no work. The, the family was out of town. I had the house to myself. It was me and Gentle Ben all weekend long. A great pleasure of mine to tell you about Gentle Ben for a variety of reasons. At the top of that list is because I believe what I say. You know I do that even if you don't agree with me. Gentle Ben is the best. Whether it's the vodka, best in the state, the gin, best in the market or the bourbon, the double platinum winner at the prestigious Ascot Awards. Gentle Ben uses their innovative, revolutionary technologies that eliminates all of the impurities. You'll love what's not in it for the cleanest smoothest spirits you will ever taste. Smooth, clean, it eliminates that burn. Don't labor through your drink. Enjoy it. Savor it. And you can do that with Gentle Ben because you love what's not in Gentle Ben. Head to gentlebin.com. You can learn their incredible story. Head to the Gentle Bin tasting room or stop by your favorite liquor store on the way home. Pick some up. Uh, ask for it the next time. You're at your favorite bar or favorite restaurant as well. Also, I mentioned that website, gentlebin.com. Do you know what you can do at gentlebin.com now? Aside from learning their story, searching where you can find gentle ben you can order gentle ben straight from the website head to gentle ben right now gentleben.com add the bourbon into your cart add the vodka into your cart do whatever and they will deliver it straight to your doorstep get the very best gentle ben online Gentlebin.com, and have them do all the delivering straight to your doorstep for you gentle ben highest craft softest sip you know, I noticed D'Amico uh, contradicting himself from the start of the year. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. 713-780-3776. He's blank on Branham. Let's go out to the HRP listener line, get Javier in here. Javier, you're in the hive. What's up?
3: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Well, Both of y'all have said that, uh, you know, we're doing the best that we can with the broken offensive line that we got. And the positives that I take away from that is that our boy has not taken a sack, And he's still making great decisions. He's not thrown for a pick. Still holding on to that record, which I'm so proud of. And unlike that Dallas Cowboy quarterback, he has not thrown for three picks in one game. Which you definitely cannot turn the ball over like that and expect to win a game. Of course, we, you know, didn't score on the third, and we didn't convert on third downs like I wish we had a little bit more often. But you know that'll come with time. Maybe some better play calling. I like to see maybe you know, slowick look in, you know, you know. maybe take a little bit off of um, Shanahan's playbook and look to our tight ends a little bit more because you saw, you know, the 49ers just go off on Dallas, finding George Kittle open, and Schultz, of course, isn't a Kittle, but, you know, he's got some skills, and if you find him wide open or one of our other guys, hey, maybe we can get some third-down conversions or some touchdowns with that, um, and, you know, maybe get, you know, Tank Dell. you know, kind of what we did with the Jags, Get him some, you know, just you know, have him run the post because he's a speedster. Thanks,
1: guys. Appreciate, Appreciate it, the Javier. call, Javier. Uh, I thought that they tried to get Dalton Schultz the football a little bit more. I mean, he obviously had the touchdown late, but I mean, Dalton Schultz is no George Kittle. It, 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 there's a difference there, um, and and I, I just I don't have a problem with that. I I like Tank getting the football. Some some of the running plays they ran for Tank kind of concerned me a little bit that I didn't think he had much of a chance yesterday.
0: Yeah, I think they were just trying to get the edge and try to you know get Atlanta spread out a little bit. I can understand it. It wasn't productive though. Mm-mm. It wasn't blocked well. Uh, I kind of like jet sweeps more than I like tosses for Tank, but hey, it is what it is. Now I thought that was a huge underrated loss in that game. You didn't have Tank Dell, who's you know one of your top two receivers. He and Nico Collins for the entire second half. I thought that was a big loss, and, and and to Javier's point about Dalton Schultz, I get it. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Dalton Schultz. I think he's a terrible blocker, but he's not a blocker, yeah. But yesterday was by far his most productive game as a Texan, and they they did target him yesterday. Now, prior to yesterday, you can bring up, yeah, not enough, but yesterday he got ten targets. Like that's a lot of targets for Dalton Schultz. He caught the ball seven times. That's a lot, sixty five yards, a lot. And then of course had the go ahead touchdown on that double move at the end of the game. So I, I agree, Javier, that up until yesterday they, they were. Were underutilizing a catching tight end because he's not a good blocker, but yesterday they they utilized him quite a bit.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And they love him up the seam. They love him kind of that that intermediate in, intermediate up the seam route. Um, and he you know we knew this coming in we knew that especially that's why when we were talking about who was going to lead the team in receptions at the start of the year he might he he was one of the guys i thought would be a candidate because he's going to be coming in to catch footballs but if you're expecting him to block or make an initial block and then bump and get out and and get free it just doesn't happen that way the double moves are where he's going to get open you know the kind of running his route and running past the linebackers where he's going to make himself available he is who he is. And he's on a one year deal and he's trying to get, you know, a longer term deal. And I don't I would be surprised if you see him here going forward next year, unless you get a complimentary blocking tight end in the draft.
0: 713 780 3776. Mailbag Monday coming up in seven minutes. You can get your questions in now. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I noticed a D'Amico Ryan's contradiction yesterday. And I'm not saying that it was a bad decision, really kind of torn on it, if I'm completely honest, and we can kind of talk through it here in a second. D'Amico Ryan's on the first series of yesterday's game. You know, the game started off great, right? You force the three and out. You get a pretty good punt return from Tank Dell. You start on the Atlanta side of the 50. You got a little bit of a drive going, and it stalls out. You had a fourth and one opportunity at the Atlanta 19-yard line. They decide to kick the field goal. You make it 3 nothing. Yay. Good start for the Houston Texans. And we can talk about if it's a good decision, bad decision. What I what I really noticed, though, is the contradiction from the start of the year. Because to make, if you remember week one, D'Amico Ryans went for a fourth and one twice against Baltimore. And actually, he went for it on the very first possession against Baltimore. Fourth and one at their own 47, nothing-nothing game, first possession of the season. Went for it, didn't get it. Later in that game, fourth and one at their own 42, 15-6 game, Went for it, didn't get it. Now, they had a couple of others that were kind of close, like against Indy the next week. They were down 14 nothing. fourth and one at the Colts, 14. They actually converted that one. And they even went up for a fourth and one last week at the Pittsburgh 28, did not convert that one. That was the... the- the one that C.J. Stroud was there, just didn't make a good throw on it. So here was D'Amico. So yesterday they weren't aggressive, right? Like they settled for the field goal. You might say that's a good thing. It's a bad thing. We can discuss that here in a little bit. But certainly we're not aggressive in that spot. Here was D'Amico Ryan week one after going for it fourth and one twice against Baltimore.
3: Yeah, the fourth and one, we want to be aggressive. We know coming in this place is you got to score to win win here. So – it's an aggressive mindset, and that's how, that's how we operate. We're going to be aggressive and you know, try to win games.
0: That's a contradiction to me, Blankers.
1: It's I don't think there's any other way to look at it, Jeremy. You're on the road. You're on the road again. You're in a, you know, in a dome stadium in a hostile environment. Maybe it's not Baltimore, but there was a lot of fans there. And if you did it then, why wouldn't you do it yesterday? The biggest thing to me is it's the first drive of the game. You know what it's not going to make or break the whole the whole game if you don't get it because you already have it inside the 20-yard line in the opponent's territory so you're not giving the ball in great field position and you've got the rest of the game to do what you need to do to stay relevant but if you do get it it's a huge momentum boost for you you know to 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 kind of dictate how the rest of the game or at least the first half would go. I was uh
0: my biggest takeaway, not that it was a bad decision, not that it was a good decision, my biggest takeaway was that is a complete contradiction for what D'Amico Ryan said in week one, where we're gonna be an aggressive football team and we're gonna go for it in those situations. You had a fourth and one at the Atlanta nineteen yard line. You were kind of moving the ball on that drive mm-hmm. too. Now you were stuffed third and one, but here's a fourth and one and, and you kicked the field goal. Demico said he just wanted to get points. Now, what do you think? It was do you think it was a good decision or a bad decision?
1: I I think That I understand that, you know, on the road, I would have said, I understand on the road, him getting points early in the game to kind of set a tone for his team and make sure that the momentum shift isn't great because you didn't score points. That's if I didn't hear that quote again. And that's if he didn't say that this is the kind of thing that he, this is how he wants to handle those situations. But I think everything, situation by situation matters week to week, team to team. And maybe he just had a change of heart. And the fact that this was a big game, he didn't maybe expect to be two and two, four games in. He knew if he got, if he gets this game, it changes his mentality for you know how he coaches the, this game yesterday. And maybe that's why he changed his mind. I would have gone for it. I was a little surprised that he didn't go for
0: it. I think if your mentality is like you want to win games, usually I think that Errors on the side of aggression. Remember what
1: happened last year with Lovey when we, I mean when we questioned yeah. all of that in week it, the indie game.
0: I mean that's about as bad as you can get though. Like that was fourth and one at midfield in like overtime, and if you punt you tie. Like this is much different. Uh, into, but but he said he was going to be
1: aggressive. I'm just talking he, about how you would get questioned. I mean you'd have everybody and their mother coming at.
0: I mean D'Amico was asked. Sarge asked him in the uh, in the post game, which was a good question because he needed to be asked, and he said that you know I wanted to get points in that drive. But D'Amico doesn't say a whole lot in his press conferences. But I was stunned that he didn't go for it. Uh, computer cow. Cowboy, which is like the analytical side on Twitter, which I don't even like to cite because I think they're ridiculous and bad. Like, they even talked about how they, they, they tweeted that Atlanta should have went for it on their first drive at their own 19-yard line, and that was like the smart move to yeah, do. Right. So I don't, I don't even like to cite Cowboy, whatever his name is, Computer Cowboy, because I think it's ridiculous and wrong most of the time. I would have preferred if D'Amico Ryans went for it in that spot. Like, I understand the decision, get points, you want to get some momentum, you want to set the tone, you want to start with the lead, you want your first drive to end with points. I'm going for it fourth and one at the night. Don't you
1: feel third down kind of could also be playing a factor in that? Third down, they got stuffed, maybe. and maybe he was like, but you it know wasn't, what, we it, know we're makeshifting it, offensive yeah. line. We're not but, capable but it, of running it.
0: But again, contradiction. It wasn't against Pittsburgh when they went for it third and one, got stuffed, and then threw a pass play on fourth and one that didn't get it. it, it honestly, the biggest I think that the biggest determining factor for D'Amico was that in these similar type of situations, they're one for four. I don't know if he trusts his team on fourth and ones right now. I think it was a pretty clear indicator. He doesn't like if, if you're going to go for all the other times this season on fourth and one, if you say after week one, we're going to be an aggressive football team yet. You're one for four in like these critical fourth downs. There's some other fourth downs they went for, like in come from behind fashion that I didn't count, but these four that are the most similar. If you go one for four, I feel like he's lost confidence in his offense converting a fourth down and one. I think that's why he did it.
1: I, I, that's also a possibility. I think there's a lot of factors that might factor in. I think, you know, you don't want to look like, you know, the the gambler that insists on no matter what you're going to look like the Chargers and everything, you know, well, no matter where the fourth down is, you're going to go for it recklessly. But at the same time, execution matters. And if he feels like his young team doesn't execute or for whatever the reason, I really believe that third down played an impact on that, that they tried to get it on third down. He looked like he, he knew that the, it was very ineffective and they got stuffed and maybe it scared him off. I think it was part of that.
0: I think it's part of their failures in these fourth and one situations too. Uh, Lamont says, think you're being way too literal with aggressive. It doesn't mean every single time. He went for it fourth and one against Baltimore at his own forty-seven. He went for it fourth and one against Baltimore at his own forty-two. Like going for it at the Atlanta nineteen is less aggressive than those two moves. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Mailbag Monday. You can ask the killer bees whatever you want to ask. Could be Texans related. Could be Astros related. Uh, could be, how do we really feel about Joe George? 713 780 3776 or Mailbag Monday on ESPN 97 5 and ESPN 92 5.
1: Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at MyBookie. I've been telling you about them all the time. There's still a game tonight, and you've got a chance to actually make some extra cash. If you want to bet on the game, go to mybookie.ag right now and either set up and sign up for an account or just put money back into your account if you're already an existing customer and you're going to find out there are bonuses waiting for you. There's going to be plenty of prop bets and other plays that you can make on the game tonight. But the main thing is if you go to mybookie.ag, they are customer focused, they are customer friendly, and you're going to find out they take care of you. Put in a minimum of $50 or more, whether it's new to your account or a new account or if you're kind of reloading your account, you're going to get up to 200 extra dollars in your account instantly, and that means you've got more money to play with, more games you can bet on, or more bets to make, and more chances to win. That's because they always are looking out for you, the customer. They've got a million different ways that they try and take care of you guys throughout the season. They've got crazy odds by spinning the wheel, and maybe you get some unbelievable odds that you didn't expect and you got a chance to cash in. Maybe there's no games being played and you're looking for something to do. You'd like to actually try and make some cash, and there are live dealers standing by with casino games for an opportunity for you to score. It's absolutely fantastic. And, of course, they've got baseball playoffs and all the odds. They've got soccer. UFC. If there's a sport going on professionally and you want to bet on it, chances are you can do it at mybookie.ag. But the thing you got to remember to get all these discounts and be you know taken care of as a customer is there's a promo code that you need to use and it's bet 975. Use that promo code whenever you see that they need a code and you're going to cash in by getting that extra money. And oh, by the way, if you get that extra cash, if you bet it one more time and win, you can take it out, you can cash out, and you can use it however you feel free to use it. It's absolutely fantastic because they take care of their customers. Check them out today. Go to MyBookie.ag and use that promo code BET975. As I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with the only place I tell you to do it. MyBookie.ag, promo code BET975.
0: Our mailbag Monday, you can ask the killer bees whatever you want. 713-780-3776. HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Ocho ask what do you think of Jose Jorge? That's Joe George's name in Spanish. What do you think of Joe George? What do you really think of Joe George, ojo ask.
1: I think Joe George is a great dude. I think that Joe George has been a friend for a long time. He's not so much now anymore, but I'm just happy to have him here. And I think that he's a great addition to the station and our show. I love
0: Jose Jorge. That's all I got to say. 713-780-3776. Your questions for the Killer Bees. Key from L.A., gun to your head. You have to pick one 24-hour smokeout with Snoop Dogg or a 24-hour conversation with John Granado about the
1: culture. <laughs> I'll take Granado.
0: I don't want to spend 24 like hours with, with Johnny anybody. G. Yeah, can we, anybody. can we
2: cut this 24 down to like hours eight hours?
1: Ridiculous. I noticed that we got that from Keith from L.A. instead of what happened to the Dodgers in game one with all the grandiose stuff that he's been talking about all year.
0: Yeah, that would have been a weird way to phrase a question. I'll probably go Snoop Dogg here. I love Granado. I want to be Granado when I grow up. But I, I have access to Granado whenever I want, I guess. Yeah, I'm going Snoop Dogg on this one. Uh,
1: Kevin, should the Texans have drafted Bijan over Will Anderson? No. I, I, come on, man. I mean, Bijan is a hell of a player. But I mean, you were looking for cornerstone type pieces on offense and defense, and if you were going to make the move that you made, and D'Amico being an Alabama ex Alabama linebacker and loving Will Anderson and the pedigree and everything that went with him, and they were did they got a guy that looks like he can be you know a, a mainstay and a pillar for your team? Whether you want to be hypercritical of the guy or not in his first season or not, that's on you. But I don't think that they were ever considering Bijan Robinson and a running back that high.
0: Yeah, that wasn't the question though. Question was: Would you rather have had in retrospect?
1: Yeah. So in retrospect, if you could change, would you rather have
0: Bijan over Anderson right
1: now? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely take. I would load up my offense, and if you didn't get him a receiver, if you could get a Bijan Robinson, even and you still have Pierce on your roster, well, there's the there's the 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 tempo difference that we're talking about. That when we we talk about the fact that you can do a change of pace and have two backs, and with his ability to catch the football too.
0: Yeah. I don't believe in drafting running backs that early, so I'm gonna go no. Uh, to this one because I don't want to spend a top 10 pick on a running back. Although but if I can go Dijon's retrospect really, really and
1: see what he's been already in the league, I'm I'm excited about that dude and his ability.
0: Yeah, I'd be excited too. I just can't spend a top 10 pick on a running back. Can't do it. It's against Branham philosophy.
2: I kind of lean yes, to be honest. Like I, I love Bijan, and he's going to be electric for four or five years, hopefully more. Mm-hmm. But like, what he would do for CJ right now would mean so much. It would And the pass rush without Will Anderson, like, is it any worse? You could have not made the trade had Jameer Gibbs at 12. True. Because we don't really know what he is because he's going to get less playing time now. So weird. Like, now he's out. He was out this last week, and Montgomery was awesome again. He's got six touchdowns. They're not going to use him.
0: Draft running backs from good offenses. Uh, 409 Josh, I saw Denver maybe making more moves. I know the wide receiver room is crowded, but should the Texans check in on Jerry Judy?
1: I mean, there's all kinds of wild rumors out there about Jerry Judy right now and the fact that there were rumors all over on the Green Bay, um, the podcasters and all the rumor mill guys there saying you could get him for a fifth. I doubt you could get him for a fifth. But Jerry Judy, if he's available, sure. I think that's the kind of guy that could, again, be a weapon that CJ could utilize that could help make him better. Um. If you only have to give up a fifth for for Jerry Judy, I'm doing that in the heartbeat, but I got to believe the price is a little higher than that.
0: I'm a believer that general managers should literally check in on anybody who makes their 53-man roster better. Like, literally anybody. I, I'm calling—I would have called Chicago and asked, what is the, uh, what's the price on Claypool? I think that you should always be looking to improve your 53. And if you could get Jerry—if Jerry Judy gets traded for a fifth-round pick, I would be disappointed that Nick Casario was not the general manager to do that. Boy, well,
1: Claypool's a different story. you though.
0: have a
2: preference over Judy or Sutton?
0: Uh, I prefer Judy. I think, I, don't, like I think he's Judy's, more dynamic. I think so. I think Judy's more talented. I think
2: so, too. But he's he's hurt all
0: the time. Sure.
2: And he just hasn't really been the guy he was supposed to be coming out of college. And Sutton can't produce. We've seen him produce. Mm-hmm. Frankly, if they're going to make a big splash, I wonder if Javante Williams
0: could I, I be. I doubt it. Javante Williams, second year back.
2: Because this Jaleel McLaughlin kid or whatever yeah. is awesome. But,
0: yeah,
1: he is. Don't you think, too, sometimes Judy, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is a good thing, Joe, but it, sometimes you're a, you, you, you kind of are a, a victim of your circumstance. Oh, if the for team sure. sucks, then suddenly you're just going to be like, it's kind of like what they did last year with, with, with Stingley. I mean, at a certain point, whether they do it to you or you do it to yourself, you pull a tonsil and you pull a, a, a hangnail, you kind of sit this one out.
2: Yeah, I, if Judy's available, I would absolutely trade for him. And I would probably go as high as like a a second. Ooh, That's too high for me. Highest high go goes
0: a fourth. Really? Yeah, because he's probably, what is this, his third year in the league?
2: Yeah, so you're gonna have to pay him. So
0: soon. you're gonna have to pay him soon. So that that's a factor here. Uh, Casario has proven to draft pretty well, except for the 2022 first round when he drafted Kenyon Green and you know, Derek Stingley. I think he's a good football player, but can't stay on the field. The highest I'd go is a fourth.
1: For, I think I'm for with Jerry you. Judy. I think I'm with you. I was hovering. I, I think I, a third just feels too high because it feels like it's a fire sale. They're trying to get rid of a guy so Peyton can get his type of guys in there. I, I just don't feel like it, it would be worth it for you to give up a third.
0: He's got tank for a third too. Like. Go find another tank in the third. I understand that's easier said than done. Uh, He also drafted Nico Collins in the third. Mm -hmm. Like, can I get a Nico tank equivalent with a third and have him for cheap for the next four years or go out and trade for Jerry Judy and then have to pay him really quickly? I I, I prefer going with the the youth and then your draft picks. Uh, Crankshaft and Hitchcock, what's the absolute worst burger or pizza topping?
1: Pizza topping? Or burger? Um, Man. I don't I, I, I don't mushrooms. like pi- Yeah. I love mushrooms.
0: I'm not crazy about mushrooms, but I've learned to like them a little bit more. Um, anchovies for me on a pizza. Yeah,
1: I would agree with that. I. I oh, yeah, I don't like anchovies, and I'm not pineapple on pizza, but I like pineapple. I just don't like it on pizza. So I say no to pineapple on pizza, but it's not my least favorite topping.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll eat a Hawaiian pizza, but it's not my favorite. I'll never order it. My yeah, I- kid loves Hawaiian pizza, so sometimes I have to eat it. I don't like my fruit warm. If I'm being completely honest. I think across the board, I don't think that fruit should be warm. Now, wait a minute.
1: Now, what about if it's like fruit topping in a pie or a dessert like that?
0: That's fine. I still prefer my fruit chill.
1: I can, see, I, I, but like Although, a hot, like a warm wait, so like, apple or cherry pie. Like, you know, like
0: hot apple pie. Yeah, hot apple yeah. pie with
1: ice cream is amazing.
0: That's I, I still prefer it chilled. Like I'll eat that, okay. but I still prefer fruit chilled. Now you go to like a Brazilian steakhouse and you get that grilled pineapple. Ooh boy! Went,
1: went this weekend. That's it was awesome. Delicious. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, well, yeah, that grilled, grilled that, that kind of grilled that savory grilled seasoning to the pineapple is really good. And I just don't like pineapple on pizza.
2: I like pineapple on pizza. I just don't ever want to order. A whole pizza like that. Like if I go to a Super Bowl party and yeah. it's there, I'll take a slice. But that's all I need.
0: That's Branham Kitt's favorite pizza, so we we order it a lot. He loves a pizza. I don't, that's tough. Yeah, I mean that's it's fine. Um, four one eight seven. Who's a better matchup, Orioles or the Rangers?
1: Get there first.
0: That's kind of where I'm at. I think you're gonna yeah. get the Rangers. So you don't have much Honestly, choice. I do think that the Rangers are a better matchup for the Astros. Rangers mm-hmm. don't run as much. I think the offenses are comparable. I do think the Rangers have a little bit better pitching staff, maybe not as good a bullpen. Although Baltimore is missing their key cog, The Rangers. I think they stack up better with the Rangers. But again, that's not it's even LeClerc that close served to another one up one. last
1: night. Did he? Yeah, late. I like, turned that game off. Santander decided to make it interesting at eleven to eight because Leclerc served another one up. Their bullpen is horrible, but their veterans that they got in the, at the front of their rotation right now are pitching very, very well.
0: Who is to who is at fault? Lewis Hamilton or George Russell?
1: I have no it's a racing question, so for that matter alone, I'm out.
0: I always look at the head of the snake. Toto, uh, Mabes, Wolf. Mabes says Toto Hamilton. Wolf.
3: Toto Wolf. The answer? No, no, no.
0: It's always the head of the snake. It's always like who cares what the drivers are doing? If the team principal is allowing it to happen, it's always the fault of the team principal. Toto Wolf. I know Toto Wolf. I watched the Netflix documentary. Now I did have to Google his I was gonna last say name. to see what happened. Where are you looking at my screen?
1: I didn't. I uh, guess that you Googled it.
0: I uh, I remember his first name. I couldn't remember his last name. Toto Wolf. I watched uh, Drive to Survive. It's a great show. I can't get into the races though. What's his first name? Toto. I think it said
2: total. I did too. Toto.
0: <laughs> it was a total wreck at the last Grand Prix.
2: <laughs> what did Mape say? That was a Joel level joke. I know it was bad. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> it was a one on a scale. This of is one why to I two. used to like joking. Um, he said it was. Uh, he said it was Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, he said Hamilton. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton resigned, didn't he? With Mercedes. I love that show. Drive to Survive is a fantastic show. But I just can't I can't get into the races for whatever reason. They're kinda of slow to me. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. College football, exciting college football weekend, especially there in the Cotton Bowl, huh? what do you believe? I believe Mondays after this weekend of college balls. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I believe that if you're in a car wreck or somebody you know is in a car accident that you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm and have no fear about paying money because you do not pay a thing to Hollingsworth Law Firm until you win.
1: It's a bonus, Jeremy, that a lot of people don't realize, but that's why you look for people that take care of you, the customer, right from the jump. A lot of law firms, they want to get paid by the hour. They want to get paid by the phone call. They want to drain you so that you can't get back what's rightfully yours if you were not at fault at an accident. But this is where the Hollingsworth law firm is so valuable because they come in right from the jump. They're bilingual so they can help you out from from right before you even get started. And once you get started, they're going to tell you, we don't get paid unless you win. And what our goal and objective is, whether we're going after the person who was at fault or we're going after the insurance companies, is to make sure that you get back what you need to get back to 100% before the accident happened. Like it never happened. Take care of the injuries and the pain and suffering. Take care of your vehicle to make sure it's good as new and make sure they take care of you every step of the way.
0: If you or someone you know has been injured in a car wreck or accident, give Hollingsworth Law Firm a call right now for a free consultation. 713-999-8773-713-999-8773. 713-999-8773, or just check out their website at carwrecktexas.com That's Gone, Branham What do you believe now? following college football this past weekend. Lankers, what
1: do you believe in? I hate saying this. I believe Michigan's for real. I I look at, I can't stand Harbaugh. I can't stand Michigan. I can't stand Ohio State either, for that matter. But I look at how much talent that Michigan football team has on both sides of the football and the way they're playing right now. And the fact that the Big Ten isn't, not that it's ever been great. I know you you are the first to, to say that. There's not a whole lot to get in the way of them and just running the table in the Big Ten and sitting right there in the playoffs, looking pretty. Michigan is loaded, really.
0: Mm-hmm. PJ Fleck, uh, that's the team that got hammered by Michigan. Minnesota. He called, uh, yes, Minnesota. He, he said well, that. People uh, don't know that. He said that Michigan was the best team that he's ever played in his life. Um, and now, look, some of that is just got hammered by Michigan. It's better to talk up your opponent after you get killed. But I remember doing a lot of preseason prep and just looking to see where a lot of these college prospects stack up draft-wise. Michigan has like 10 first rounders. Like they are absolutely loaded. I think we're going to get a Michigan, I believe. I believe we'll see Michigan Georgia. I think it's going to be the championship yep. game.
1: It's it's quite possible. I mean, you look at you look at the fact that how deep they are and their running game looks really good and you know what? Uh, I, I I always feel like Michigan's going to find a way to falter. I just I just don't know that they're going to falter this year. They just they've got that much talent. They got kind of an Alabama situation when Alabama was rolling in terms of two three deep depth. And you always talk about depth and the fact that this team is deep all over. They're talented at the skill positions. And as much as I can't stand Harbaugh, he's, he's an experienced coach and he knows how to pu- pu- you know push the right button. Do you see Harbaugh get into the uh,
0: the defensive picture after they had a turnover?
1: Did he run down there and do yeah. it?
0: I don't know exactly. I think so. I don't know exactly where the too picture much. took place, but I saw that he was in the picture. I didn't I didn't really care
1: for that. Yeah, I'm not big on I that. I didn't either. care for that.
0: I believe Oklahoma versus Texas was the game of the year so far so far. And that Brent Venables is a way better head coach than a lot of people have been giving
1: him credit for. Oh yeah. A lot better Especially head coach than people part. have been giving him credit for.
2: I was I'm not
0: a Venables guy, but he
2: proved I wasn't it everyone either. wrong this year. Yeah, weekend. I thought
1: he was on the hot seat. You think that saved his job?
0: I don't think he was as hot of seat as you think. And they're undefeated, and they just hammered Texas. Like, they're in the college football I mean, playoff mix. Yeah, he's not – I don't think he's – I think he's very, very safe.
1: You think we'll see a rematch? Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Well, so meh,
0: maybe not. I will say this about Texas, though, another I believe. I don't I – don't, I believe that Texas still has the same fate, even if they would have won this game. Like I still believe that Texas needs to win out, just like I believe they would have needed to win out whenever if they beat Oklahoma.
1: So
2: the loss came early enough to where Texas could
0: still make the college football play.
2: They
1: have yep. to win
0: out, but they're still yeah. they're still in the mix.
1: Their schedule's really conducive to winning out too after this game.
0: I can't wait to see them in person in uh, two weeks. Right. Coming to TCU at three o'clock kick. We're gonna spoil their season. All I right, what do
1: you, you believe do. in, Joe? I believe that college
2: football screwed up. I understand they're worried about six, seven hour game times. They can pretend like it's safety. These new overtime rules are so garbage. Just going for two. The ending to Arizona USC is such a joke. The fact they're just going for two over and over again. Change it. Like, you got to fix it. Because you might not have liked what it was before. But it was always the conversation was, should the NFL do what college football does? And now, no one should do what college football does. They're also, like, the only people that do that. They don't do that in high school. I've never seen a high school do the two-point conversion thing in overtime. It's, it's absolutely terrible. It's not real football.
1: When you force them to do it, and yet you still end up in these situations where it, it gets you know six, seven overtimes worth, I think the NFL overtime now that both teams possess the football, the playoff overtime for, formula is, I think, the right formula for overtime. But I don't like forcing a team to have to go for 10. I
0: always, liked, hated, I like the old way. I've always hated college football overtime, period. I think it's so gimmicky. I think it's different than anything you else you ever see uh, during a college football game. Like a football game in general. Like you just giving the other team the ball at the 25-yard line. I think it's ridiculous. Ha- have a kickoff. See, we did Let that, them drive an entire field. And I, it, I hate the college. I've always hated college football overtime.
2: In Illinois, it was high school football was the old college football rule. Mm-hmm. For the first two overtimes from like the 20-yard line or whatever. It was you could kick an extra point if you wanted to, and then you had to go for two after you scored. Yeah, it was those old rules. That's at least that was. I thought that was way better. It was a I better hate, product. Hate it. But like going for two, it's it's nowhere near real, real I, football.
0: I hated it before,
1: and it's even worse now.
2: Like like if you're gonna do this, like put them on the fifty or something, well, kick, or move them off. back.
0: Just kick off. The NFL
2: start Bowl. from
1: doing it at the 25 or the 20 or whatever to start with the first possession and then move them back after a possession or two move them back to the 50 yeah i why, think that, why I shouldn't think. they drive the field like, well, that's why I said I think the playoff NFL rule to, is the yeah, overtime I mean, rules yeah, are the best. Yeah, each team
2: gets the ball once, and then yeah. the third time, it's winner-take-all See, even, that.
0: even that's kind of weird because, well, what's the difference between like sudden-death overtime and that? It's just adding one extra possession on top of 60 minutes. I don't think there's a perfect way to do any football playoff. I agree with Blankers that the closest or the best way, the best worst way is what the NFL playoff rule is. I, I've always hated the college football overtime, so I'm with you on that.
1: What else do you believe in here, Blankers? I believe Notre Dame was grossly overrated, and Notre Dame... Oh, boy.
0: They're favored against USC. Favored? Yep.
1: USC's defense
2: at, is
0: so bad.
1: I, I know that, top that that's right.
0: I was looking at some top 25, uh, this, just the games coming up. And y'all you know, ESPN, they had the spread whenever you look at the scoreboard. Notre Dame's opened up as a favorite. That's crazy. I mean, man. USC
2: dropped in the polls. They won their game, and they're still behind Texas.
0: How Notre Dame doing theirs theirs?
1: Yeah, they lost to Louisville.
0: Louisville's underrated, though. They're good. That's a good Louisville's football good. team. It's Pretty they well. are.
1: Yeah. The coach came. He was the was he the DC?
0: No, he was. What uh, when he? The guy at Purdue, Brom. Yeah, the old yeah oh, Brian
2: the old
1: Brown. Purdue coach. He was yeah, at Purdue. The old Louisville. Because
0: Satterfield went from Louisville to uh, Cincinnati. He left uh, Louisville for Cincinnati. I, I do
2: believe Marcus Freeman uh, will not be long for the Notre Dame job. It's
0: interesting. They love him there.
2: I know they do, but I think this is going to be. I don't know if he'll even get them to the peaks that Brian Kelly got them.
1: Yeah. What Was the controversy this week because he went for it on fourth down and long? we down in nine, wasn't it? I
2: mean, like, the fact that, like, you had Ohio State beat and you had two plays where you rolled out ten guys and then you lose to Louisville. And, like, your season wasn't over if you won this weekend because you could beat Louisville, who's ranked. You could beat USC. Like, you're you're back on the path to a college football playoff, potentially. And, like, I just – I don't see it. The fact that he got Lloyd Carr's grandson Mm. in next year's class and he's a five-star quarterback, I think, saves him a little bit. But, like – I just, I don't, I think I believe in Marcus Freeman less than I ever believed in Brian Kelly. Fair enough. And
0: that's tough. I believe Miami, what are you doing here, Miami? They could have nilled the game out. They ran a play. Their running back fumbles, and Georgia Tech, led by Haynes King, marches down the field and scores a game-winning touchdown. They literally could have put the ball on a knee, and the game is over. Mario Cristobal does not do that. And Miami loses the biggest gag since the Philadelphia Eagles did their – so I guess it was the he Giants against Eagles. He should be
1: fired. That's
0: the pretty bad. Is I didn't good. see that.
1: I didn't see that the one. The clock That's was brutal. rolling
0: under 40 seconds to play. It was not fourth down. They could have put it on a knee. The broadcaster said it as it was happening, ran the ball. It's fumbled. Might have been down, actually. Might have been down. He might have been didn't. down. It was pretty tight. <laughs> I think he might have been down. But they called it like a fumble. They They didn't confirm it, but it was upheld. And Georgia Tech then, like four plays later, wins a football game. That's not reviewable. Biggest, it was they reviewed. It, it stand the, oh. the call on the field stood, but I think he was down. But the call on the field stood because it was called a fumble. The biggest gag in college football, maybe ever. No, it can't maybe. be. You ever. know why
2: it's not ever, Jeremy?
0: Because it's not the first time he did it. Yeah, the, the other one was not as bad, but he did it at Oregon. Yeah, he yeah did but it was the same thing. It, no, it was a little different. It was like second down, and they couldn't have ran it out all the way. But been they like could have got a five lot. Seconds. Like, they would have had to punt it. It was a little different. This is different. A little
2: different, but they, like
0: they, they literally. It, it is the second time, kinda. But like literally, could have put the ball on the knee and the game's over. One more snap on a knee, game is over. Ball game. I just don't and know they ran
2: it. And the fact that like, you have to start your press conference basically with, yeah, we should have probably kneeled. No duh. Heck
0: yeah, like take a timeout and then kneel.
2: Like Dion's De- coming for your job, that buddy. Was brutal. Uh, I believe Shadur Sanders in Colorado need to like chill a little bit. Four and two.
0: That's selling great. Selling out. Selling out. I,
2: ca- I cash by over three and a half. I can't like easiest bet I've ever made, but running down with to the, the student section with the watch, like it's not you're not Building playing the a good
0: team. Building a brand,
2: yeah, but like know who you're playing because at some point you're you're above a team like that,
0: and you're punching down.
2: You're punching down. Like if you want to be who you are pretending to be, you're now punching down. It gets to be a
1: little much, though, when you're trying to get run for your watch company, when you do run down to be with the student section.
0: Any pub is good pub. Uh, 6761, I believe that Jimbo is one of the greatest con men of all time. $100 million to the bank. Jimbo Fisher—he was most criticized for that fourth and one, where he punted—and said in his press conference afterward, it was fourth and less than one. We probably would have went for it. What a weird thing to say. Took a timeout to kick a field goal, and then like a lot of people are criticizing him for you know, trying to onside it with two timeouts left and two minutes to go. It's a lot of money for Jimbo Fisher to not win as many football games as the Aggies thought they were going to win.
1: He deserves all the scrutiny. But at the same time, everybody that's critical of him and the money that he got, you'd have taken it too. I mean, if everybody's gonna throw money at you and offer you that kind of money. I'd... I don't think
0: anybody's mad that he took the money. I think they're mad that he's not winning oh, football school games school. with the amount of money that
1: he's making. He's so and he's old school. And it's I mean, it's gonna be interesting at the end of the year how many of the alums and the the big money is gonna you know put all the money on the table to get him out of there.
0: They have as much money. they print money in conversation. They can get out of that contract, but yeah, it was his explanation was so bizarre. Like Yeah, fourth and one, it's punt. But if it was less than a yard, we'd probably go for it. What?
1: Doesn't it go down? Was guaranteed that there had to be the payout was 89 going into this season? And doesn't it drop way down? I say way down, but doesn't it drop down into the 50s?
0: No clue. I don't know the the playoffs. Is but A- AM can buy it out. It wouldn't even affect them. Like they they have they have more money than any other school in the world. That's why they didn't care about giving them the contract, because they can buy them out the next year. All right, that's it for I Believe Mondays. Uh, the Texans lost yesterday. It does not change the way I feel about the Texans at all. Does it change the way you feel about the Texans? 713-780-3776, Killer B's, ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Thursday night, weather's gonna be great. No baseball to worry about. You need to be at TDECU Stadium. The showdown of the year is almost here. Dana Holgerson taking on that other place. His former team. Thursday, October 12th, 6pm TDECU Stadium as the Houston Cougars take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. <laughs> Expect an unforgettable night of college football action. It's the blackout game. Those are always fun. And we're also celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. They're running a special right now. You can get tickets to three games for only $66. West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, the three games. Head to uhcougars.com slash tickets to take advantage of that or just call 713-GO-COOGS. Don't miss all the pageantry and fun of college football. Come early, enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium, including the huge LED TV screen, the Bud Light backyard, and more. Spirit of Houston performing at the half. Entertainment by cheerleaders Cougar Doll, Shasta, and Sasha. Again, they're running a special right now. Get tickets to three games for only $66. The West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State games. Head over to UHCougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-KOOKS. Come early, be loud, and wear black.